occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome back to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 37. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses on this bright and sunny day. Yay! Finally! We're waiting for a good day. Uh, if you want to start off by saying we are now on Google Podcasts, finally. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. It has been... Forever since we've been trying to go on here since we started. So if you prefer to listen on there, now you can. Yeah, Yay. we weren't just neglecting you, Google users. We desperately, desperately tried to get on it. Oh yeah, we were trying for about seven months. We turned into absolute Karens. I was getting real mad. I sent an email. <sighs> she sent a few. Yeah, That's I don't do that know. kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have crippling anxiety. Also, I've been informed by one of our patrons that the city of uh, Waco is pronounced Waco and not Waco because she lives there. But and she does call it Waco Waco. So she does. I presume other people call it that. The majority of our audience is in Texas, so I hope you got a good laugh out of that at least. <laughs> and I'm sorry for calling it that. <laughs> God's sake, Abby, you would have thought you would have done your research. I did, but I don't <laughs> understand how to say that. Anything oh. else you want to cover before we get right into the stories today? What are you talking about? I am talking about the Alaska Triangle, similar to, similar to Bermuda, I guess, but different. Slightly different or yeah. very different? Um, completely different place. Woo! <laughs> I'm <laughs> talking about the Dingenkek. Oh. Or the Dingenek. Or the jungle walrus. <laughs> it's an African cryptid, so that should be very interesting. I'm excited to hear your takes on that. I don't know anything about yours, but she showed me a photo before, because obviously I like to get to know what we're sort of talking about, and the colouring of it looked like a Dolce & Gabbana bag. I'm not familiar with those bags, but I did think it was a hilarious comment. So, that's where we're at. I will be on social media. You okay. Get Let's right get into straight it. into it. Oh, do you want to tell them the social media? Because you already mentioned it. At Mids Magic Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Hell yeah. Links in the description also. Let's go. So today I'm talking about the Dinganek, which is an African cryptid said to have existed in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. It's sometimes called the Jungle Walrus. No. Which I love because I love walruses. I like it when you compare animals to other animals do you know what i mean so like for this example is full of that nonsense the seahorse excuse me sir you're nothing like a horse and no one can ride you maybe tiny tiny people right but like what is that about why do we just do that with some animals we're like i guess the sea cucumber honestly i never <laughs> really thought about it i guess yeah 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 we do it sometimes maybe the human brain can't make up that many words, so they're just like, <laughs> this kind of looks like a chicken, kind of looks like a cow. Cow chicken, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, or like the sea cow. Don't know why I didn't give an actual example. Yeah. And instead picked cow chicken. Anyways, <laughs> my, so my sources are abookofcreatures.com, Wikipedia, cryptids with a Z, dot fandom dot com. Oh, I've been there. To contrive and jive dot wordpress dot com. ALPF Medical Research and New Cryptozoology Dofandom.com. Nice. So the Dinganek is said to have first been spotted near Lake Victoria by a hunter named John Alfred Jordan and his hunting party, including a man named Edgar Beecher Bronson. A lot of mouthfuls of names here. Where is this? 
Africa. Right, okay. These are hunters. It was 1907, and three years later in 1910, Edgar wrote about it in his memoir. So the mention of this in the memoir is very long, so I won't obviously include it all. But I'm like Edgar in the 19th century, and you're trying to convince me there's anything but a white man. Well, I mean, it obviously is, but <laughs> I know I was sort of expecting like harder things to pronounce or like different kind of things, but yeah, just a bunch of white men. Names like, that you're not so used to, but yeah, instead you've got like Dan, Edgar, Edgar John, and yeah. <laughs> Very familiar names. But yeah, here's the lowdown. Edgar and John were having a discussion in their tent about the animals they had hunted and whether there were other animals to discover. John said that there was a horrific reptilian creature that comes down the Magori River out of the lake and that the Lumbwa, which was a settlement, had called it the Dinganek. So obviously, I want to mention that these men didn't discover the creature first. The native Lumbwa people obviously did. Yeah, they'd already named it. But it was first brought to the rest of the world's attention through the writings of Edgar, which is why it's the first sort of spotting, I guess, officially. So John explained to Edgar that if they hunted the Dinganek, it would fetch an awful lot of money because it was such a big and absurd creature. Mm-hmm. And the Lumbwa, looking out for the animal, were always looking, they were always looking for it when the river was flooded. Right. Because John had asked them to do that. Uh-huh. So one day they went out to hunt the animal with the Lumbwa. And when they saw it, it was plunging into the water. Is the Lumbwa the community? The settlement, yeah. Right, right, okay. It was a huge beast that was some sort of a cross between a sea serpent, a leopard, and a whale. Oh, all very different textures. Right? What, this like, is what I meant. What? They just li- they just list about ten animals that it look kind of looks like. I think maybe they mean like it had that sort of pattern on it, but it was like... As big as a whale and the skin of a reptile. Well, I'm going to discuss it. I'm going to describe it now. Okay. So it's 14 or 15 feet long. Okay, whale. With a head as big as a lioness, but shaped and marked like a leopard. Oh. It had two white long fangs sticking out straight out of its upper jaw that could go clean through a man, which is the walrus part. I mean, obviously. (laughs) It was marked like a leopard, so the colouring was a leopard. It had a broad, thin tail, and it was lazily swimming upstream. It also had a broad back like a hippo, and was scaled like an armadillo. Right. That's a lot of different animals in one. Yes. So, naturally, all of the drawings of it are incredibly different, because how can you... How can you come up with a creature when someone's just listed 15 different animals and went, looks like that, kind of... I think that's hard because instead of just being like, oh, it had two giant fangs coming down, it had sort of like, you know, a broader head, sort of went higher up, had more of like a shaped nose, you know what I mean? Like kind of a spotted-ish body, reptilian scales, you know, they were just like, it's kind of like a whale and a cat and... An aardvark and an yes. armadillo. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of different stuff. So obviously the photos are all very different. Mm-hmm. Some of them look like a leopard dragon snake. Some look like a big lizard. Some look like a big bag. Some look like a huge tiger. One looks precious, which is the one I showed you. Like a massive armadillo with a fin and a saber-toothed tiger head. The one that Kate said looks like a handbag. <sighs> it does. Photos, again, will be on social media at Mids Magic Pod. 
And I love him in that photo. I think he's adorable. He's so silly. Why are you a huge armadillo with a fishtail and a little tiger head? He does look quite sweet, doesn't he? I would pet him. Don't. But Edgar said it was a hideous nightmare and a beast fish. <laughs> oh, sorry, Edgar. That's Jeez. quite rude, Who Edgar. hurt you? <laughs> that animal is just trying to live its life. Right? He's just swimming lazily upstream and you're just like, Gah! My eye! Beast fish. <laughs> I'm going to be sick. So he went down to the riverbank to inspect its paw prints. And they were as big as a hippo's, but they had claws like a reptile. Oh, I thought it was swimming. Yeah, but it like walked into the water, I guess. There were prints near the water. Right. But it was swimming when they saw it. Okay. Only ten yards away, John shot a bullet into the animal behind its ear. But the Diggerneck sprang out of the water and Jordan ran into the bush in terror. Fair. So, ten yards away, was shot behind the ear, didn't do anything. I suppose if it's got like scales. What kind of ears does it have? Because most. Like a leopard. Oh. I suppose if it had its head out of water, kind of like a hippo, then that makes sense. Hippos have got the cutest little ears. I know that they're the I most know. ferocious beasts, but they're sweet. Hippos and bears are the most forbidden pets. I want to tickle them so bad. I really want to touch a bear. They're, they're just like a huge dog. Yeah, same as wolves. I dig that. Anyway, back to the armadillo. Beast fish. What if it was just a really obese armadillo, and he's just shooting it, and it's like, yeet. The bullet, like that guy who shot the armadillo and the bullet, like, reflected back off of him, yeah. They didn't see the legs of the Dingenegg because they were running for their lives, just to put that out there. You know what? Fair enough. So his party ran with him, and they managed to escape, and after this they searched across the shorelines in the water for several miles, but they never found the animal or its prints again. When Edgar met with a collector, the collector told him, that a great water serpent or reptile was seen near the north shore of the lake, and that it was worshipped by the natives who believed it was the bringer of great crops and flocks. You know what's crazy? is I'm really thinking about how this animal looks, and if it's got the same markings as sort of a leopard or whatever, surely that would suggest that it lives in the trees. I was thinking that. Because it wouldn't live in the water, because it would be dead obvious. Or maybe in, like, the like reeds or sort of... Something. But then, like, alligators are adapted for that, and crocodiles and stuff, and they're just greeny-grey. Yeah, I'm not sure. It is quite interesting. I did think about that. We'll discuss it more at the end of this, but, like... So it's an amphibian? It has a sea tail, apparently. But I don't know, but why else would it be in the... It, every sighting is in the water, so I'll keep going. Okay. Three years later, a journal published by Charles William Hobley featured a section where he discussed unidentified beasts. While he mentions Edgar's story, he also mentions a different story. Charles said that he thought the story was a traveller's tale to entertain newcomers, but he had since met a man a few years back wandering in the Mara River, which runs into Lake Victoria. The man asserts that he saw the beast when the river was in high flood, and it came floating down the river on a big log, Floating down, like Baloo the bear in the Jungle Book. Yeah, he was just chilling on the log, just floating down, which is so sweet. Hanging out. He said it was 16 feet long, spotted like a leopard and covered in scales. Its head was like an otter, but it didn't see any long fangs like Edgar had talked about. That's so weird. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't have long fangs and stuff, because 
they were like running for their lives. It's kind of like when you embellish things to be like, oh, it was so scary because like you were scared. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, there's an ancient cave painting, also in Africa, of some of the creatures there. One of them looks very similar to how the Dinganek is described. Obviously, it's a cave painting, and it looks kind of like an adorable children's illustration, the way it is. But it shows this huge animal with spots or scales, a small fin, a small head, and huge walrus-like teeth. Which is very interesting, and it's like crushing a deer in the, the drawing. So it's not in the water. It's on land. Well, it's just a cave painting, so they're not yeah, drawing know, like a I full mean, like, landscape. If it was killing a deer. I guess. Unless the deer came for water at the watering hole. Maybe. Among locals, the animal is thought to be extremely territorial and is, has been known to kill hippos and crocodiles. Many people say that its tail is similar to a scorpion's with a bony dart-like appendage that secretes a deadly poison. So a few ideas about this creature. Initially, a man called Bernard Huverlmans Huverlmans? suggested that it could be a surviving saber-toothed cat and that the scales may just be matted fur. Which I guess could make some sense, but were there saber-toothed tigers that were 14 feet long? And why was it just chilling in the water? He then suggested that it could be an odd prehistoric crocodile or an aquatic saber-toothed cat. Um, I've got my own idea. Okay, well, what is your idea then? Okay, so, remember Ice Age 2? No. Well, I have got a photo up already to remind you. There's a bad guy in it called Cretaceous. And I'm going to show Abby it now. Okay. That's it, right? That's got everything. It's not a leopard. What? Yeah, I know. But like, apart from that, it's exactly what you're describing. Okay, so debunked, this animal is just a creature in Ice Age, the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Ice Age is real. No, but like... So you think it's a prehistoric animal? Yeah. Why not? Fair enough. I think I have a few ideas, so I think it could be definitely real, or at least it was real, and there's just not coverage on it. No one could hunt it because it's hard to kill, and mm-hmm. it's just living its life out there. Yeah, which is probably maybe true. You know, I do think it's odd that it has a leopard print because that was something that everyone mentioned that they saw, and that's a very specific thing to say. It's not like oh, it's orange or oh, it's red. The light could have changed it. Like a leopard print is a specific kind of pattern. Yeah, like, where would it live? Because if it's got a big fin at the back, I doubt that it's just roaming around in the bushes. Well, some people say it has a big fin, and some people say it has a scorpion tail with poison. Which I think, personally... I don't think I trust that one. Yeah, people have sort of... It started off as a normal kind of animal, and then people started adding things to it. Yeah. And I'm thinking maybe people just say that because it's, like, scarier that way. Well, I think part of my problem is that I don't know of many big animals that are poisonous or like venomous because that would be, wait, poison in the tail, right? Poison. Poison. Yeah. I don't know of many big, big animals that are poisonous because I think it takes the body a lot of effort. True. To yeah. Be, to be poisonous. So 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, but I don't know anything that's sort of bigger than two foot that's poisonous. Okay, yeah. So I, I, I can't imagine this like 14 foot or whatever it was animal being poisonous. I think that's probably just an add-on. Yeah. Well, but... either way, the combination of it, how it looks, is it's got like a a thick, it's really really huge it's 14 to 16 feet yeah it's got a big middle that has scales on it you know some said like it's an armadillo some said it's like a uh, pangolin oh right so it's big scales Mm -hmm. and then it has a soft little head like an otter or a cat but like a like a bigger head but not as big as its body claws on its feet and tusks and obviously it might not have tusks but the first encounter said that they all saw tusks the drawing has tusks, and the other one didn't. But maybe it could have just been like a like a juvenile version, maybe you know, like a like a baby one where they haven't got the tusks yet or something. Yeah, well, the the tusks I'm not so asked about because like if you look at the sort of that I don't think they are canines on an alligator because like they're all quite sharp teeth, but like you know the placement of those, they are kind of tusk like. So I'm not too asked about that because we still know animals that have got tusks. Um, so that's fine. And like most cats have got like big canines because it's just like uh, the predator type thing, you know, to have those big teeth. So I'm not asked about that, but I can't figure out if the body has got scales. Why does the head not? And if the head doesn't, if it got shot behind the ear, how is it not dead? It must have scales. I understand the idea of matted fur, but if it's living in the water, it probably has scales. Well, yeah, but otters live in water. They don't. But their fur doesn't mat when they go in the water. Their fur is made for that. They, it's completely fine when they go in there. Exactly, so why would it be matted? Well, the, the animal has the texture of that, is what I'm trying to say. Unless it doesn't live in the water. But then why was it in the water every time people have seen it? Maybe it like hunts in the water and sleeps out. Possibly. So it's like the fur is all matted and stuff because it's not used to... Do you you understand what I'm saying? It's not made predominantly for water living. Okay. Well, do you have anything else to... Any other ideas to add to this? I've not got a Scooby-Doo. I can't think of anything um, apart from crustacean or whatever his name was from Ice Age 2 um, because you can't mistake an animal for that many things you know what I mean like fair enough if you see a dog and you're like oh I saw a wolf you know that's fine but to be like oh yeah I saw this animal it kind of looked like these six animals yeah well I believe it I believe that it's a thing that exists or did exist at one point because, first of all, it can't be anything else because it's such a specific description. And also, what would be the point of lying? It's not like they were telling people to get publicity. They were telling each other. And then they wrote about it like three years later. Had any of the locals ever seen it before? They had said that they had seen it because they described it, so I guess so. Because I'm thinking maybe, um, I can't remember which story it was, but we did one and there was like a hoax 
animal found because they'd like sewn one together. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking maybe it started off as like a sort of local urban legend, you know, scare the kids, don't go in the water, that kind of thing. Um, And then these hunters came and they were like, oh shit, like it's not real. We'll go out and hunt these animals and just kind of like make a mashup animal. But then why wouldn't they have brought it home? Or maybe they just said they saw it. Well, they said they'd all seen it. They said that people worshipped it at one point because they thought it was good fortune. Yeah, but... So it wouldn't have been a, a story to scare children. Yeah, but it's, children. it's hard because you're taking the word of three white guys who, like, might not understand. You know what I mean? Or, like, who might have just been like, ah, yes, they were savages. They, like, worshipped this beast, you know? Possibly. Also, though, they said that the people who lived there, the settlement... Mm-hmm had seen it before, mm-hmm. had named it something, mm-hmm. and they'd seen it before, like, on the day that John shot it, when they all were there, Yeah, they sent those people in first to see if they could see it, and they were like, yes, we see it, it looks like this, and then they brought everyone there. Like, 20 minutes later, they got everyone... I'm, I'm not... Obviously, I don't know why I said that, but they got everyone <laughs> there a little while later to follow it down the stream, which is when he looked at the paw prints and then saw the animal. So they'd seen it a few times. Mm. But we can't confirm any of it because there's no there's no photos. This was before that was a you know you could just pull out your iPhone and snap this crazy animal and put yeah. it on TikTok with like Savage in the background. <laughs> oh God, you sound so old. You don't know what's up, Ab. Is that not popular anymore? <laughs> no. Sorry, anyway. I'm a mum. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I I'm think not a mum. Maybe one of my sort of alternatives could just be like they were just gonna, trying to like pull the tourists' leg, but they weren't tourists. They were hunters, well, and they were pull already the hunting hunters' leg animals. or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Well, these three guys turn up and they're like, "Ah, oh, yes, we've heard about your native animal," and they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah," and then like they just shoot like an alligator or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Well, what else is it? An animal. That exists. Well, what if it's not, though? For alternative explanations? I think that's... I think it is. I think it's just... Well, you always do. I think it could be a prehistoric animal that continued to survive, like a crocodile. So you're saying crocodile now? No. An animal like... Just a stripy crocodile. No, I'm saying it existed for a long time. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, but why would it have stripes? Because it lives in the bush. <laughs> but it has a tail. It's not stripy also, it's a leopard print. Yeah. Well, so it can swim, and also it can go on land and blend in. Okay, let's do the scare scale. How scary? One. One? It's a huge animal. Yeah, but it didn't do tusks. anything. It's not killed anyone. It's not got like Some people a... say it kills fishermen. It's not got a reputation, does it? Fine, two, if it kills fishermen, two. Danger. Two, again, I guess. Likelihood that it exists. One. One? You don't believe in it? No, because there's no proof. There is no proof. They haven't got, like, um, you know, like a mould of the footprint or, like, a photograph or anything. And, like, even Nessie's got photos. Okay. And Bigfoot has got photos. Sure. Sorry, Patty. <laughs> Forget that you two are close friends. Yeah, we are. 
But I would I wouldn't be opposed to it being real. I would be happy if it was real. Well, I wouldn't be happy, but like I think it's legit. I think it's out there swimming, laying on the log, chilling, killing. Okay. Anything else to add though? Or should we move on? No, I'm I'm sorry that I do not believe this as much as you do. <laughs> That's okay, I didn't think you would because you're lame. Rude. Anyway, all photos that I mentioned will be on our social media at Miss Magic Pod. Please follow us if you have any of those platforms. And if you would like to support us on Patreon, then you can do that at patreon.com forward slash mythmagicmurder. You can join for as little or as much as you want, really. It's just support for us and it will be really nice. It's the only sort of support that we have got going at the minute. So please do think about it. Also, if you want to send us the spooky stories, terrifying tales and haunted happenings that have happened to you, Send them over to us on mythsmagicmurder at gmail.com. Okay, let me hear about the Alaska Triangle. So, my sources are insider.com, themanual.com, legendsofamerica.com, distractify.com, theatlantic.com, adventure.howstuffworks.com, wikipedia, express.co.uk, and sitka.com. Nice, big, chunky list of sources there. It's because there was no Wikipedia page for the Alaska Triangle. Right. So Wikipedia is in denial about, about this. So I had to find like little bits from every other website and just sort of piece one story together. Fair enough. I only really use Wikipedia for like exact dates and also structure. Yeah, but like every story that we do normally has one. Yeah, I, I try to ignore it because for that reason, Wikipedia is, I mean, first of all, can be edited by anybody and I don't trust it all the time. Yeah. But also I feel like it's a very skeptical website. Mm-hmm. Well, also, they I just don't, dismiss everything. I don't want to relay Wikipedia because you guys could just go and look that up without, you know, paying for Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I personally hadn't heard of the Alaska Triangle, Alaska Triangle before. Only the Bermuda Triangle in my lifetime. Essentially, it's the same type of thing, just in Alaska. If you don't know about the Bermuda Triangle, Abby did an episode on that before. So go look that up. The Alaska Triangle connects Anchorage, Juneau, and Barrow, which means nothing to me, but it might to some of you. <laughs> People who have been to or live in yeah. or near Alaska. Yeah, exactly. For those like me that know very little about Alaska, the Triangle contains an area that's very harsh, sort of rugged, lots of mountains, lots of lakes type thing. Wild terrain. Cold and wild. So I'm sure you're thinking, like, well, if the terrain is this bad, then it's no wonder people get lost there, right? Yes. Well, you'd be correct. But it's the number of people that go missing there that's weird. As well as there are so many disappearances with just no evidence left and nobody's ever found alive or dead. Horrible. Yeah. So one example of this is in 1972 when a private plane vanished between Juneau and Anchorage. People searched for months. There were 50 civilian planes, dozens of boats, and 40 military aircraft looking that whole time, and no one found a trace or any evidence. That's crazy. I think that's what makes it the strangest is when they have, like, like a whole plane as well, not just a person hiking or something. Exactly. Give a guess as to how many people have disappeared in the Alaska Triangle alone. 200. The actual figure is more than 16,000 since 1988. 16,000? That is 
a lot in like 40 years or 32 years that's a big old number yeah wow yeah hate that yeah so you might still be saying well it's easy to get lost lost in alaska blah 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 but the rate of disappearance per 1000 people is four in this triangle which is more than two times the national average that's wild so four in every 1000 people that go there go missing don't go there guys <laughs> in 2007 i know it's a weird year to pick but it's the only one i found there were 2833 missing person cases in that one year holy shit why yeah. is 2007 an odd year to pick because like it's not recent but it's not the beginning of the disappearances or anything it was a great year there were some good songs on the radio some absolute bops god i was still in primary i miss being 11 <laughs> you're 11 you're 10 10 <laughs> you don't even know how old you are <laughs> honestly i don't <laughs> so oh, right we'll go on to explanations it's basically just like a place where people go missing never get found right we've got the basis one explanation, and the most boring, is what I'm going to start with. Boo! I know. Is that there are massive glaciers in this particular section of Alaska, and they have giant, like, crevasses, hidden caves, massive drops. It's a, it's a rough area to sort of navigate. In addition, there are sudden snow squalls throughout the year, which is like a dust storm, but with snow, I guess. Right, okay. Which would remove evidence like footsteps or, you know, if there was enough snow, I guess it could, like, just cover an aircraft and you wouldn't be able to see it. That would make sense. Yeah. I imagine lots of tourists that go for the views are in no way prepared for such harsh terrain and one simple mistake could cost them their lives. Yeah, I imagine if it's something that is so beautiful, yeah, you aren't thinking, oh, I need to massively prepare myself yeah you're not thinking this this is a snowy mountain yeah this dangerous dangerous (laughs) place yeah another problem with the environment is that the third highest cause of death in alaska is drowning because there are over three million lakes here whoa right how crazy is that alaska sounds wild however since the temperatures are so cold bodies tend to sink rather than float which makes it even harder to find oh, to find people. Yeah. yeah. So it's not too surprising that there are so many people that just disappear. Okay. That makes logical sense. Yeah. Hit me with the weird stuff. All right, enough with the boring stuff. Energy vortexes. Nice. I can't remember if Abby mentioned these in her Bermuda Triangle story, but I'm going to tell you what they are anyway. So an energy vortex does what it says on the tin essentially it's a concentrated amount of energy in one place spiraling around either clockwise or anti-clockwise so the clockwise ones are called positive vortexes these spiral upwards they're synonymous with healing creativity meditation self-exploration like have you ever gone to a place and you're like wow i feel great yes it could be one of these people seek these out because obviously they're pretty great mentally emotionally and physically for you Examples of these are the Egyptian pyramids, Stonehenge, and some sacred temples and cathedrals throughout the world. On the flip side, negative vortexes spiral anti-clockwise and downwards. This causes people to feel drained mentally and physically. 
It's believed to cause nightmares, confusion, hallucinations, and depression. Do we live on one of those? (laughs) No, honey, you're just depressed. (laughs) I just can't sleep. These also cause electronic devices to malfunction. Oh my god, it is us. My Wi-Fi is crap. A famous example of this is the Bermuda Triangle, but also Japan's Devil Sea and Easter Island. Although no one is 100% sure if these energy vortexes exist, some places within the Alaskan Triangle have caused huge disruption to compasses when people have like taken them there, with them sometimes being up to 30 degrees out. That's actually wild. Yeah. Also, speaking of massive disruption, if you hear the children screaming next door, I can only apologise. Yeah, this is nothing to do with me. My neighbours are really annoying. <laughs> Alright, so... You on board with that? What do you think? Yeah, sure. I'm open to it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Sounds pretty legit. Yeah, sure. Is fine. there an alien theory? Yes, I'm getting there. Woohoo! So if the vortexes aren't floating your boat, maybe the aliens will. They will. In 1986, a Japanese plane found three identif- unidentified flying objects on its path from Iceland to Anchorage. The UFOs chased the airplane straight through the Alaskan Triangle. The crew said there were multiple flashing lights following them, and they would move faster than they thought possible, sometimes vanishing, then reappearing again in an instant. Those aliens. As well as this, there's a guy called Scott Waring, and he thinks there's an underground UFO base in Fairbanks, which is, I presume, in the Triangle. He's not just like the average town crazy guy. <laughs> He's a ufologist. I think that's how you say it. I think so. Interestingly, he was involved in a case of UFO sightings in May 2020. Oh, wow, that was so close. Yeah. Um, it was in Utah. <laughs> Utah. <laughs> um, and he claims that there's a base in Utah as well, but... Yeah, there's footage of three UFOs coming out of this place. Um, The video has since been removed. That means it's real. Yeah. But yeah, he thinks there's one in Fairbanks as well. So Something that might further indicate the alien idea uh, is a missing person. His name is Rick Hills. He went missing on February 24th, 2004. He'd driven to Anchorage to pick up his paycheck and he never came home. His truck was found two days later in a snowbank. The keys were in the ignition, the license was on the front seat, and his $292 that he picked up was in the centre console. He had footsteps going into the woods. Uh, it went onto the back sort of porch of a house, presumably he was trying to like ask for help or something, and then he went onto an abandoned airstrip. At this point, his footsteps vanished, and search dogs lost his scent completely. Okay, see, I like to play on the alien thing because it's fun. With mm-hmm. that, I what else would be the explanation for that? It was as if he had just been lifted into the air. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's chilling in a UFO right now. His skeleton was eventually found. Oh, when mind. But it was decapitated. And oh. the, the head was a few hundred yards away. That's crazy. There, Wait. Was, there was a lot of so there was a lot of problems with this case because so that was back in 2004 correct well 
a lot like I said a lot of people go go missing and he was a local so even the locals go missing sometimes um and his wife was like well he didn't commit suicide because he asked if the kids wanted to come with him but they said no and he knows his way like around the wilderness like he is a very prepared man he would be fine he would call you know all of these things so she ended up going to a psychic that was like he is dead um but it will take the police 10 years to find him so 10 years later the the journalist that's writing the article that i read he gets an email to say like sit yourself down they found him 10 years later Oh, wow, that's like you knew what was going on. Yeah, but the problem is it was kind of the state trooper's fault. So they had found a body, but they thought that it was someone else's, but it was actually his. So they found it two years later. Do you understand what I'm saying? They found the body that was decapitated, but they didn't identify it as him until 10 years later. Yeah. Okay. Well, they they told another family that it was their their son. Oh my god! So they buried him. Oh my god, no! And then they didn't find out until eight years later, and at which point, like, they were like, "What do you mean? This is our son? You mean he's still missing?" Not only is he still missing, but you went through the the process of burying someone, grieving them, and then being like, "Oh wait, who the hell did we just bury?" Yeah, exactly. And now he's already buried, so his family can't bury him. Well, they um, exhumed him and cremated him. That feels even worse. Like, that's a lot of... Yeah. But yeah, when no Gosh. one knows why he was decapitated or what happened, really. I don't know with that. I guess it could be someone who ki- uh, picked him up off the road and killed him or... Well, so the footsteps, one of his legs was sort of dragging slightly. So it looked as if where he'd plowed into the, the snowbank... He'd hurt his leg or something. And then he wandered off. They thought that they'd gone onto the porch to try and get help, you know. But then if he was on an abandoned airstrip, why would someone cut off his head? Yeah, it makes no sense. I guess the alien thing makes some kind of sense. And also but... his his he just vanished. Like his footsteps stopped. He wasn't found for two years. I genuinely can't think of any other explanation for that, to be honest. It's crazy. So yeah, there's your your alien idea. <laughs> My final theory for why the Alaska Triangle is so dangerous is the Kushtaka. It's a mythical shape-shifting creature found in the folklore of the Tulingit and Simshian people of the Pacific Northwest coast of North America. Some of the Tulingit take up residence not too far from Juno, which is one of the points of the triangle. Right. They believe that the Kushtaka can shapeshift to be in human or otter form. Stay with me. Those are both very specific animals. Yeah. The Kushtaka as a whole are not bad. In some instances, they save the lost from death by freezing. In stories of this happening, they save the person by distracting them with otter-like illusions of their family and friends. Right? Bear with. Okay. As they transform the person into a Kushtaka to survive the cold. However, some of the Kushtaka are assholes. They have been known to take delight in tricking sailors to their deaths. They do this by imitating the cries of a baby or the screams of a woman to lure their victims into a body of water. Once there, the victim will be torn to shreds or transformed into a Kushtaka. 
That's a very interesting story. The majority of times, the victims are small children. So. Kushtaka? Why? Otters are friendly and soft. Apparently, you'll know if a Kushtaka's near because it emits a high-pitched, like, whistle. And it goes, like, low, high, low. In tone. You know what I mean? Oh, God. Imagine being out in the mountains and you hear that and you're like, a huge otter's gonna come and take me. Yeah. Whether or not the Kushtaka are real is up for debate, obviously. Could just be an urban legend to keep kids away from water. Or could be the real reason behind the disappearances in the Alaska Triangle. What do you think? What do I think of of all of it or just that? Because this was a lot you just dumped on me. I mean, go through the aliens, then the Kushtaka, then just everything as a whole. Okay, so vortexes, I think, could be fairly legit. I understand the idea of it. I get it. I also think that if the terrain is dangerous and the, the snowstorms exist, then it could be completely feasible as to why some people are existing, mm-hmm. it, uh, disappearing. It could be like a combination of everything, you know? So the otters are dragging them down, they fall down a cave, the energy vortex makes them feel drained so they don't want to come off, and then the aliens decapitate them. Yeah. Or what I mean is, <laughs> that guy was took by an alien, the Kushtaka are doing something else, or they don't exist because that seems very specific. And also, snowstorms. I... That guy who was beheaded, I do not understand what happened to him. No. I don't think we ever will. No. Because if I heard someone just being decapitated, I would assume that someone had done it and not aliens. Because there are, I I mean, maybe there are other stories, but there are no other major popular stories of people getting abducted and then being killed. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just because they're not reporting on it, you know? But... Why would they do that and then just put his body back down? But also, how would they... Well, maybe they just didn't think he would be found. Maybe if the aliens are like, the reason that people go missing in this triangle is because there's a base and they're like experimenting. And then the reason that they're never found is just because they get dropped into a lake and just the body sinks. Yeah, possibly. It's. I mean, it, that's entirely possible, and it's entirely possible that he got abducted by aliens because of the way his his footprints look. Because I can't think of anything else that would do that. You know, if, if he had died on that spot, then there would have been other prints. If somebody else was there, there would have been other prints. Yeah, and if it was a snowfall that sort of got rid of the prints, surely it would get rid of all of them. Well, I think if 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 there was a, a print of him falling to the ground or tire tracks or something of like a vehicle that pulled up oh, alongside yeah. him. These would be there before they would have got like snowed over after the footprint, surely. Mm-hmm. Because the footprints would have been a lot more delicate. Yeah. So I do not know. And the Kushtaka, I love that idea. <laughs> because why an otter? Well, I think it's just like a very sort of common animal. And it sort of goes in with the whole water idea. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not... I, I'm not 100% sure. The photo that we're going to put on Instagram shows kind of like a like a were otter. You know what I mean? Like a human otter hybrid. They're like human sized. They just have like otter fur. You know, and they can swim and stuff. It's just kind of wild, isn't it? Like, why? Because as far as I know, like, from this... I read a story on the last source that I gave. Let me just see what that was. Sitka.com. 
and it was like a an altar folklore story and it was this family and their son had gone missing and then fish got dropped off at their door and they were like oh my god it's our son he's a kushtaka you know like he can help us and he was friendly but he kind of looked like a hybrid thing between the two so that's sweet i like the idea that they would help people the the visions of an otter family is kind of wild but i'm open to it i guess it's weird because it could be explained by like just the vortex because you can have auditory and visual hallucinations in this negative vortex apparently but how many people are going into the vortex and having otter visions to the point where it's becoming like a major well, i guess if they see an otter though because i'm imagining they're reasonably common in alaska let us know alaskans how common are your otter population you ever seen a man-sized otter what if the dinganek is an is a uh, Kushtana, is that right? Sorry, there are so many words I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Kushtaka. What if they are one? They don't look anything alike. That guy said it has an otter head. Yours you is in Africa. Have an otter head. Maybe they're global. Shut up. I'm they're not on tour. That. How scary do you think the Alaska Triangle is? Like a solid three. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big. What was it? One in four in a thousand or something. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's a big numbers. I wouldn't be risking it. More than twice the national average. Yeah, I would not be risking it. We're not never going there. Guess where I've booked tickets for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How dangerous. Again, three. Yeah. You don't like this place. No. Not because it's it's so uncertain. And with the Bermuda Triangle, I didn't think was that scary, even though I covered it. Because it's just a very popular shipping port. I mean, if you want to listen to the episode, if you haven't, it is interesting and there are great theories and I'm sure some of them could be legit. But I personally just kind of have feelings. It's a popular shipping port. And because somebody who will go through there, it's just the report that that bit is weird. But with this, it's like, it's not just a popular place to fly a plane, I presume. It's people of all different kinds of, in all different kinds of ways, just disappearing. Yeah. And I don't know how to explain that. So it's scary. Fair enough. What's the likelihood something weird is going on here? Whether it's a vortex or an alien or whatever. Just something other than environment. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yes, because I think that the majority of it could be snowstorms. Mm -hmm. Or people falling into lakes and their bodies not being found as sad as it is and those kind of things yeah but it's just that guy the story of that guy i do not i cannot like think of a reason and if he was abducted by aliens who's to say that other people weren't yeah definitely well there's so many people that's like well even if it was five of them it's still aliens isn't it yeah so any alternatives apart from the vortexes aliens and kushtaka no, I don't have any other ideas, no. to be honest. Those are the alternative explanations. I... What else? I can't think of a theory like that. Do you have any other theories? No, I feel like it's a very comprehensive list. You've got cryptids, aliens, and sort of conspiracy theories about the Earth as a whole in there. So Yeah, I could start making up crazy ideas, but I don't think any of them would be <laughs> yeah. legit. Oh, there are ghosts there grabbing you. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what did you think? 
I think it's a a lot to take in and a lot to process but very interesting thank you for teaching me it's alright thank you for teaching me about the dinganek that was it dinganek yes dinganek cool anything else to say thank you for listening lovely people yeah and don't listen before bed listen before bed